Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. Welcome to our weekly Wibs Whip. I, you know what? You said that flawlessly. I am this so time. excited. I feel, I feel like, like I've made it. Each week, a little bit of improvement, 1% better. That is, I should put that on a t-shirt. It's our life motto. I've definitely, I've, I feel like I've nailed that one. Yep, yeah. Yep, I'm proud. Okay. I'm proud. No, it's good. I think maybe we should stop talking about it in case we change ourselves. <laughs> I feel like we've really, really gotten excited about this. Yeah. And- we, it's all about pumping yourself up, which is very topical because today we are talking about how to deal with failure at work. And in life in general. I feel like the past few topics that we've touched on have been really vulnerable and I just feel like we're going to keep going with yeah, that. Keep cracking you ourselves over. are going to continue to <laughs> learn a lot about us. Yeah. The reason that we kind of dug into this one in particular was purely because I think absolutely every single person has been there. Every single person knows what it's like to get rather negative feedback, criticism, or just feel like you failed at something at work. You can. It's very easy to feel that way. And spoiler alert, there is not a single person, not even the person that you put on the highest of pedestals that has not failed at some point. Yeah. It's similar to kind of what we spoke about last week with the imposter syndrome, but the next step it's imposter syndrome was more about kind of how you feel Mm. this one's more about how to deal with it when someone gives you negative feedback you know everyone deals with it differently I I feel like I have like a little bit of only child syndrome even though I do have a brother (laughs) he's been 10 years apart so I had 10 years of being an only child so criticism yeah yeah it took me a while to really get used to it I think if you don't have older siblings or younger siblings bullying you through your adolescent years, you've got to grow a thick skin other ways. Oh, well, I'm the eldest child, so I like you. So were you the bully? Uh, I'm not going to say on record <laughs> I was a bully. I feel like I had a, I have a dominant personality, but I'll have to ask my brother and sister, phone in, let me, know, let me know how you feel. But, uh, yeah, I think talking about failure is really important because – If you want to succeed in life and if you want to think creatively and think laterally about anything, you need to have an element of failure. One of my old bosses, who is a phenomenal female entrepreneur, Aussie startup, incredible person, always talks about this. She's like, if you're not failing, you're not growing. What's that quote where it's like, you should be embarrassed of your first draft of something or like the first, like you look back at, I remember like, oh, like one of the logos we had done when I had first started and it is so cringe. Like it is so cringe, but you look back on it and you're like, okay, cool. I've obviously grown. I've obviously mm. come a long way and something to be proud of. So what is like, I guess, an example of failure at work? Okay. Example of failure at work. So you get pulled in to a meeting and potentially someone's told you you, the work that you've done isn't up to level or isn't up to scratch. Yeah. That is like a gut-wrenching. Like that is gut-wrenching. And that is the role of your manager. That is the role of your team to pull you up when they feel like you aren't performing. But no one wants to hear the negative feedback. Nobody wants to hear that their work isn't as good as they think it is. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you can fail at work. Like it might be a a personal failing where you're like, okay, I could have done this better. It might be someone giving you that feedback. You might have a deadline that you missed that puts the rest of your team behind. Yes. That's a good one. The deadline's being missed because, you know, especially when you're juggling so much, it's hard to know what deadline impacts other team members. Mm -hmm. So you're juggling, 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 trying to do everything. And then 
you might let one thing go and yeah that can feel like a failure when you know a teammate who's been waiting for a certain thing says to you oh where's this and you just you can feel that gut-wrenching feeling you're like oh yeah I've let someone else I have let them down because a workplace is like an ecosystem and you can't have like one thing holding up another because they all need to work in harmony and so I think a part of that failure is sometimes letting other people down as well as letting yourself down or feeling like something's not up to your standard or up to somebody else's standard yeah absolutely but this is going to sound a bit like a bumper sticker, so bear with me. But Ready for it. there is no success without failure. What that means for us is that if you are a person that is success focused, that is a surefire way to get failure to come to your door. Because yeah, absolutely. if you're focused on that level of success, on that level of perfectionism, and I feel like a lot of people, particularly in this day and age, are so focused on being perfect and trying to manage things and trying to minimize that feeling of failure, that actually is what you attract into your life because it's not actually something that's possible to do versus someone being learning focused at work or even just in life. Mm. That's an opportunity to be like, okay, if something like doesn't go the way that you planned it to go, that's an opportunity for you to learn to be able to grow from an experience yeah. rather than to sit there and kind of wallow in an expectation or a, a piece of work or an experience not going the way that you planned. I think the biggest things I've ever learned is from mistakes and from yeah. failures. Like the things that stick in my brain and as the biggest learnings for myself and for my team, like there's just some some things that you know you think back on when you when you take a second and you think back on where's a time where I felt like I had failed at work or I'd gotten a negative piece of feedback from a team member or a manager or a client even I feel like everyone can kind of think back to that moment and you learn from that that's the whole point of it you're not going to grow unless you make a mistake and mistakes are where the the biggest growth is made yeah absolutely I also think that when you think about a failure if you allow that to I guess debase you or demoralize you and let it live inside your head rent free it can actually adversely impact all of the other areas of your life without realizing yeah absolutely it filters into your psyche and I think it's really important that's why we want to talk about it today because we want to one we want to normalize it everybody fails and I think being able to shine a light on it and be able to talk about it vulnerably and what we hope to get out of that is that we can help other women and other people listening to this to feel okay about making a mistake and give some tips on how to deal with it like I think it's a very emotional thing when when you get feedback and when you get criticism regardless of who it's from I don't I don't know one person who like genuinely loves it you know please tell me tell me what I didn't (laughs) do right please tell me and it's like I get it and I think I would have loved some tips on it, especially in my earlier years of my career, where I did take everything personally. I used to take everything as a personal, you know, because uh, we've spoken about it before, where we've been part of that startup environment where like, you're like family and you don't want to let anyone down. You genuinely will work as many hours as possible. You've got nothing but the best intentions. So when you do let somebody down it is the worst feeling and mm. you I used to take everything so personally I used to be like I'm a bad person I'm horrible I've let people down rah rah when that is not the case at all I made a mistake move on it's fine and I was lucky in a sense to have a manager that never you know would make me feel like it was personal ever and always made me you know would calm me down when I'm having yeah. my own internal <laughs> dialogue but that's the reality of criticism sometimes and getting that negative feedback. You can take it personally and you shouldn't. 
Yeah. One thing we always talk about, you and I, with our teams is that it's not about like how the mistake happened. It's about how you rectify it after the fact. Absolutely. Because I think if you sit there and you focus and you hyper fixate on what the mistake was and, oh, my God, it's this, it's that, I feel like own it. Mm-hmm. and go forward with it and find a way to rectify that mistake. There have been some colossal, colossal fuck-ups in All right, what's your biggest one? Okay, biggest one. Look, there are lots because I'm a person and a human. <laughs> you're, you're a human, you breathe, yeah. But I think one that always sticks in my mind, I think about failure is it's a lot to do with shame. And I think one that's brought me a lot of shame in my life, and it's taken a while of like personal coaching to be able to get through this and deal with this, was at one of my very, very first jobs. So I was great and I was probably like 21 years old, maybe younger. And I just didn't really communicate with my boss about what I should be doing in a day. So it was like my first job was in social media, working away, and they told me, okay, can you set up like a Pinterest account? And so I did. And like many things in my life, I went too hard too fast. Yep. Yeah, that is our motto, yes. too hard, too fast always. And I spent so much time on Pinterest. Like it would actually make your head spin how long <laughs> I spent on doing this. And it was, let me, don't get me wrong, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was color curated. Yep. It was lovely. I can imagine. Yep. But I actually didn't ask my boss at any point during that week whether or not she needed any assistance because I just, I sat there in this work. Like hyper fixated on, yeah. Yeah, literally like hyper fixation on this work and I just say glue to it. And I actually had to be, and this is like super vulnerable for me, but I had to be performance managed at that point yeah. because I wasn't functioning like a team member. I was just getting so into the weeds of, of something that while it was an honest mistake, it was something that, yeah, I wasn't being a great team player. And I, as a result, like they needed assistance with like 50,000 other things because, you know, once you're out of your first intro role and you get into like a mid to senior level management position, you know that there's literally 10,000 other things yeah. happening every five minutes. Yeah, and- I know. But you were, you were so into this one thing. You wanted to impress in this one thing. It became yeah. your, your thing. But then for whatever reason. It was <laughs> your only thing for a while. It became yeah. my only thing. And it happens. My, I'm really grateful for that. Like we had these really open discussions. I'll never forget. I'd be like brought up into this little room and we sat around in a circle. We had a chat about it. And I can't tell you the fact that someone sat down with me and gave me the time to be like, okay, this is not how you do things. Yeah. This is how you do things. And that particular job, that particular environment, I was so lucky to have the boss that I had. We spoke about strategy for the first time with this person. And again, like this is something I had to learn. It wasn't part of my experience yeah. or even my, like I didn't understand what it meant to strategize something. And so she took me out into like the little car park downstairs. Yes. And she's like, okay, tell me what you think. Tell me about your ideas. Like she really, really pushed me. And I will never forget that. I will always be so grateful for this person. And so if I didn't have that major failure on my side and having to have those like really tough and kind of like gut-wrenching conversations because no one wants that at their first job when you think you're keeping goals. But I will say I don't think performance management is always a bad thing. I've I've been in positions, you know, where I've seen performance management completely turn around. You know, there's been times where performance management is an opportunity for you to prove yourself and if you really want it and if you really want the job and, you know, everyone, like exactly like what you just said then, your intentions were nothing but pure and good and you wanted to do the right mm-hmm. thing, you just lost your way at some point because you're focused on one thing, which is completely normal. Yeah. And that's why performance management is sometimes a really good way to just kind of put you back into, so it's like a reset. It's like, okay, this isn't what we need in the, within the business. Yeah. Are you going to be able to give us what we need? If you're not, let's move on let's part ways and it's 
completely fine. Like, again, there's no emotion to it. If that ended up not being something that filled you or the company after the performance management, mm. it's fine. It's cool. I, I think it's an opportunity for clarity and I think that's what, that's what it does. Performance management is a break in the chain to say, okay, cool, this is we're not getting what we need but this is what we need and being really clear about it. But I think that what this experience taught me back nearly 10 years ago, actually, yeah, 10 years ago now, what that experience made me feel at the time was that I needed to be perfect. Yeah. I needed to be perfect. And what I've had to unlearn as a result of this, and I want to give this advice to people who are coming up in their careers or even who are struggling with this fear of failure at work at the moment, is that perfectionism is a defense mechanism. And what it actually does is it stops you from being seen because you just actually want to hide in the shadows. You're like, I just don't want anyone to, yeah. to say anything. I just want to do everything right and go about my day. Yeah, and that's exactly. not where the juicy stuff of creativity lives. It Surely lives f- like far outside of the realm of perfectionism. So that's my experience. That's kind of what it taught me, what I had to unlearn as a result. But what about you? Okay, so this one, this one's a hard one to explain without making me sound like an absolute bitch but anyways so okay. when I first started managing people management again I was you know, I, I'd come from my first job was in retail I'd worked in retail and I'd come into this role and we'd grown rapidly and I had to start hiring and and whatnot so I remember there was this one time and I honestly thought like I thought I was doing a great job in people management so I was managing I hired this person and we just did not vibe at all I thought I was doing an excellent job of hiding that. I thought I was, you know, I was able to, to hide the fact that we just were not getting along. However, I will never forget at one point and everyone had left. It was just me and my boss in the room and he turned around to me and he was like, Tash, you need to stop. I'm like, stop what? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you need to stop. He's like, I can tell you don't like that person. You, the way that you're treating them isn't, you know, you're just cold. Can't and he imagine kind of, you ever being cold oh, to I, I honestly didn't think I was. I honestly thought I was like, I don't know. I don't know what was going through my head. It was like the first time I was managing people and I just didn't like them. And it wasn't fair. It wasn't nice. I don't care whether you like somebody or not. And now that I've learned a lot, more definitely not everything but now that I've learned a lot more I know that it doesn't matter who you like who you don't like your job as a manager is to get the best out of people and make them feel motivated but at the time we again didn't vibe they also didn't like being managed by me at all because I was younger and yeah they, they it was just that not is a, vibe. a big part of it too I feel like a lot of people yeah. feel that way from time to time they, yeah it wasn't good either way but I remember getting the the hard stern talking to in our way and he just said look I don't think you realize you can come off as passive aggressive sometimes you need to work on this if you want to become a manager if you want to get to a point where you're managing people you need people to want to work for you mm. and I remember it was like a big cold ice bucket over my head and I was like whoa okay wow I've been stuck in my own head I need to just take a stern hard look at myself I want to be this manager one day I love people I love growing people it's a passion of mine Mm. if I want to pursue this I cannot be stuck in my head and I can't treat people like this just because we don't vibe there's absolutely no reason to be passive aggressive so remember that night I went home and I like downloaded what's that book and it's like how to make friends and influence people oh, great book actually oh I listened I listened not read but same same yeah we um, know from last week <laughs> audiobooks are the same as reading they and are. Come, you can come for us but that is the truth they are and I listened to the whole book in the night I was so angry at myself I just felt like a horrible person and also because I didn't want to be that passive-aggressive person to somebody. Mm. They didn't deserve that. If I'm their manager, they don't deserve passive-aggressiveness. Like, that's just wrong in every sense of the word. But I don't know, I guess 
I don't know, I'm sure everyone's been there sometimes when someone asks you something you don't mean to be, but sometimes you just turn around and you're like, well, I said that to you, or something like that. And I don't know. Now, that would have been six years ago, and I think about that moment every single time. Every single time I feel any point of frustration or any time like that, I'm like, don't be that person. Don't be that person who made that mistake of being a passive-aggressive manager. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like that is something that people, everyone thinks that their brand of management is the best. And I think it takes a big person to be able to look at and be like, okay, cool. How can I change myself there? And and how can I improve for other people? And yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I promise you I'm not the mean person. <laughs> you know, I can vouch for it. Okay, guys, she's she's great. She's learned, okay? Yeah, I've learned. I've she learned not to be mean. She, she's not mean to me. Maybe it's because that mean at the time. But, and you're again, very harsh you're getting your own head. yourself, but that's all right. That's, that's part of the experience. So we've spoken about, I guess, how we have experienced it, what we got out of it, how we've, I guess, moved on in our lives as a result. For the people that are going through it right now, who are like, okay, I'm afraid of failure, I have failed, or there's been an experience in my life that's holding me back once I have failed and that it's sort of lingering in terms of your psyche. Mm -hmm. What are our tips to be able to overcome that? I think one of the really big ones is don't make excuses for the failure. Mm -hmm. Again, when we're using the word failure, I just want to really clarify what I mean by that. It's any setback, any form of criticism. So someone's giving you criticism, you do need to look at yourself, regardless of who it is. They do say you should never take criticism from someone you wouldn't take opinion from, which I do love that quote. That is a great quote. A lot of people have a lot of opinions on stuff. So, but at the same time, if it's somebody that you know, somebody that you work with, or someone in your friendship group that you respect, and they give you a form of criticism, you need to take it on. And you need to just, you can't make excuses. Example before, like with what Penny's example was with the Pinterest and that, you know, hundreds of excuses could have been made. You could have turned around and you could have said, well, I was just doing a good job. Well, yeah, I was doing well, this. Well, you didn't Oh, don't. My, that, my least favourite. Oh, oh that, is, that is chef's kiss of my least favourite things. Like, well, you didn't tell me. Well, yeah, okay, like that's not really how you should be doing it. But when someone's giving you criticism, thank them. Like they're taking time out of their day to kind of challenge you and, and help you grow and help to improve you. They want to improve you. They they should have had the best intentions when they're giving you that feedback. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think don't use excuses for failures. Good one. My one would be remembering that this one setback or even 10 setbacks does not make you a quote-unquote failure. Yeah. I think – it actually can be quite shocking about how intensely failure can let someone run or ruin their lives or their professional careers and hold them back from being able to do new things. So what I would encourage people to think about is when you have a failure in life, you need to kind of sit back and ask yourself the question, does this one failure mean the end of the world? And do all other successful people never have failures in yeah. their lives? I think sometimes I do this a lot. I sort of sit back and, okay, cool. If something's going wrong or if I'm, I feel like something is just not the way I want it to be, I sit back and I remember that I am a little human on a rock floating in space. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and sometimes the big wild world out there. Exactly. Sometimes zooming out yeah. from this failure because when you're in it, everything seems huge. Oh, it feels like it's the biggest thing in the whole world and nothing's ever going to fix it. Yeah. So I think telling yourself that just because you had a failure, it doesn't mean that you can't pick yourself up and be more successful tomorrow or another day. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to one of the other tips, which is motivate yourself from, you know, those famous failures. Like I love those memes where 
and even says, you know, I can't remember the ages, but at X, that's when, you know, so-and-so wrote their book. Mm. At Y, that's when blah, blah, blah. And it's like it goes through all the failures of these people that you completely look up to. And you're like, whoa, these people that I would love to be like one day, that I look up to, that motivate me, look at some of the things that maybe they had, or let's call them setbacks, let's call them hurdles that they mm. experienced throughout their career. Because I think that will make it feel like exactly what you said then, that you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not the only one in the world that's made a mistake. Yes, it's really bad now, but look at other people, like these big people that you look up to. They've also made mistakes and look at where they are. Mm. They wouldn't have got to where they are without these mistakes so or these setbacks. So I think looking at those as well is, as motivation is a really good way to deal with it. Yeah, that's really true. One really good one, one really good example if anyone wants to listen, there's I think I've mentioned it before, but Brene Brown talks about her her viral TED talk about vulnerability yeah. and how she was unprepared for it the day before. Her husband was like, no one's ever going to listen to this. Don't be so vulnerable. Don't be open. And when TEDx said that they were going to air it on their website, she was like in bed for a week freaking oh. out over it. Obviously, it went on to be like a viral sensation. But if you look at like something in the moment, like you don't know what the – "Quote unquote failure is going to take you to in the long run, and that's a really good example. But Absolutely. Honestly, and you've got to put yourself out there. I believe. Yeah. Seriously, it's a life hack. If you go and look up like the like top two hundred entrepreneurs, the list yeah. of failure that accompany them, the stories that they tell alongside it. Sometimes I actually need to sit there and look at it yeah. to be like, okay, cool. I'm not alone. This isn't going to determine my entire life path and career. Like sometimes, so much failure can be yeah. when you're inside of it. So it's very motivating just to see that they like. Yeah, you're not alone and, and the most successful people in the world do it. And to be fair, like you, nothing happens without a bit of risk anyway. Like everything that you do, like again, starting this podcast, like there are so many hundred ways that go through your head when you're like, well, we want to start a podcast. But I think what Penn and I did in this situation, which I am really proud of and, and I think it does speak to a tip is we didn't allow those thoughts to enter our head. We mm-hmm. literally did it so fast. <laughs> it was like, just we're going to do a podcast. Right, listen, listen to this, listen to this. Into your fears and you'll be fine. Absolutely. Side. Maybe that's a tip. Maybe that's a side tip is just run really, really, really fast into what you want to do and just don't think about it. Yeah. Because sometimes... Just never look back. <laughs> never look back because when you start telling people, sometimes when you start like getting too many opinions or you start asking too many things and you start getting into your own head, it kind of stops you from taking these risks at the end of the day you don't know what's going to be successful what's not no one knows but you're just going to give it a crack otherwise you're genuinely never going to know because you have tried exactly okay another tip i would say is if you're in it you're feeling that like pain that sting of failure i would say accept how you are feeling and just like take on those emotions that you're feeling right now it's okay to feel bad and hurt immediately after a failure happens like yeah you're going to probably feel a mix of things. You're probably going to feel your level of anxiety, maybe a level of sadness, some embarrassment, some guilt, maybe a sprinkling of shame in there. Yeah. They're uncomfortable feelings, but sometimes it is good to sit and experience them for a time. And I know that this seems counterintuitive advice, but rather than thinking about the failure repeatedly, you should try and label what the emotions are and then move on from them. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 I agree. I think it's... It's like what they say. It's like it's okay to cry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying cry after every single time you, you get feedback. <laughs> but I have, oh, my goodness. When we, at my old office, we, there was like a little public toilet. I used to go because I would never want to let anyone see I have emotions. I would go into the bathrooms and just have a cry when I would get criticism. And I don't know why, but I always used to do it. I used to just go into the little bathrooms and just have a cry because 
I don't know. It's like, as I said before, getting feedback and criticism is a really emotional response. And like what you said, it's okay. Like, it's okay to, you know, go home and vent and vent to your partner. Oh my God, my poor partner. He, like, whenever we drive on the way home together, and I reckon the whole way home, it's just both of us just venting about everything. And that's okay. It's You've got to talk it out. You've got to live through the emotions it's okay to feel like that yeah that sort of speaks to another tip which is speaking to someone that you trust about yeah. your emotions your feelings okay it's and there is a difference between speaking venting moving on versus wallowing in it i think yeah. it's important to recognize what you're feeling kind of address it talk about it allow that to be the thing where you, you get it out of your system yeah. and then at some point there does need to be a level of you putting that emotion away yeah so it's like speak yeah. about it allow that venting process to happen and then you need to be able to find a way to be like, cool, like I've let this out and now it's time to put it down. Yeah, and that's why I speak to a trusted friend is good. Like I have friends that I go to and I'm like, no, nah, I want to get heated up, let's go. Yeah. Let's go, come on, let's go. And I know that if I'm going to talk to them, whew, we're going to have some wines, we're going to go absolutely nuts. However, I also have other friends, like like my partner is the best example. He's such a calm, he's so calm and such a kind person that like I feel like whenever I speak to him he just gives me a very like calm perspective on it he'll be like no look have you thought of this he's very devil's advocate Mm. he'll be like well have you put yourself in their shoes have you done this have you tried that and yes it can be frustrating sometimes when you're when you're in that mood but sometimes you need that person who kind of levels you out and just says come on like have you thought about this is it that big is it this and just has that peacefulness which friend am I out of curiosity um Depends on the day. <laughs> Am I the one that now, gets you fired up? I'd, I'd say you're you're very kind and empathetic. So I think that when if we're talking about something, you you will come from a place of empathy first. You'll always be like, okay, cool, but what about this? And yeah, you're you're actually very very similar to my partner. You two are very oh, similar. Guys, that's sweet. You are. You are. I feel like you're on. very like that too. I I think if I came to your advice, you give me a very level headed response, even if I wanted to get real fired up. You'd yeah, like, you gotta you gotta sometimes extinguish it as much as you want to be like that bloody but you just got to sometimes be that level-headed person for your friend that isn't bless us both are very level-headed uh, for each other for each other yeah. but i can definitely not be that sometimes okay so what is our final tip i think overall on this kind of i feel like there's a bit of like a theme with this episode and the imposter syndrome episode mm. and i think the main thing is to continue to build and improve on your self-esteem. I think that's the most important thing because a lot of certain mistakes, like say people management mistakes, can come out of self-esteem. Going back to my example before, I was extremely insecure Mm. because I was a young manager. Now, again, that was all in my head, but I then, instead of being a mature adult about it, I would, you know, shut down and get cold and that was purely because at that time my self-esteem was very low no one's fault I had all the support around me but I did feel very low in self-esteem I just felt very like again imposter syndrome so from then to now not perfect by any means however I have worked on being kinder to myself and improving my self-esteem making sure that after every day I'm proud of something I want to be proud of myself and tell myself I'm proud of it and do things that yeah that you're proud of and whether it's you know helping somebody or doing something you know for charity or, or just trying to do things that fill your cup with kindness and make you proud of yourself not necessarily when we say self-esteem it's not like vanity it's more um just for yourself like looking at yourself and I want to look back on what I've achieved and be like wow you've actually 
given back. Yeah. And I think that in regards to talking about it from failure specifically, something that you can be proud of, some ways that you can raise your own self-esteem is being proud of the fact that you owned your mistake. Yeah. You take responsibility for whatever it is that's happening and that you can know that everything in life, like there's like shades of gray to it all. So it's never going to be like hundred percent someone's fault. Like there's a myriad of things that happen in a day that create a failure. So a way to improve your self-esteem is to know that you can build up a muscle to help yourself recover quickly from those. That's the thing. And I think the more confident you are in yourself, the less the criticism hurts. <laughs> in, a way, in a way to say, because I now with criticism, I can take it much better than I did when I was early in my career. And that's purely just because I've gotten to a point where I, I know that it's coming from a good place. I've built up my professional self-esteem to the point where I'm, I'm comfortable, I'm confident in my ability. However, I can take that criticism because of that. I can take it because I'm like, okay, cool. I understand. That's where you come from. I want that now. Now I encourage it. Now I'm like, okay, what could I have done better? Mm. Now it's like the 360 surveys. I always want feedback. My always always open for anybody not just people I work with but friends and family I'm always like what can I do better because I respect people's opinions and mm. I want to grow and I want to be challenged it's so a life hack. hearing yeah. other people's feedback is a quicker way to get to where you need to go because if yes. you're trying to figure it out on your own it's terrifying and, yeah and but also it's like if you look at it that way like sometimes I find it really difficult like we sometimes have these really challenging kind of conversations in meetings with other people and there is a part of me that's always like, oh, like I don't want to hear this. But then there's another part of me that's like, that's a free hit. That's free advice. Absolutely. And yeah. you take that on board, it's like, okay, cool. That is someone who's giving me a tool to make myself better. And if you yeah. look at it like that Absolutely. versus looking at it someone who's like criticizing you, it's a complete mindset shift on how you can approach feedback and failure and, and self-improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And it all brings it back to the reason you should be improving your self-esteem. It's, you've said it before, Penn, it's, it's that muscle. It's a confidence muscle. It's filling up your cup. It's just making sure that you're giving back to yourself mm. so that you can be better for not only yourself but for your team members, for your friends and family because in the day there's going to be times when you've got to give negative feedback as well and it's not nice, it's not good, it is really challenging and we can do an episode on that one day. <laughs> it is challenging but it is better in the long run. I do believe that. Yeah. Okay, so before we leave you today, we're going to leave you with a couple of free resources or some free, some paid that you can kind of dive into to be able to help anyone that is experiencing this like fear of failure or yeah. has had a failure recently, aside from listening to this glorious podcast. Yeah, um, always. Just just keep, <laughs> keep listening to us. We are here Please for all of listening. your emotional traumas at work. Mm-hmm. We are here. So one that I really, really love, and this is a free resource, is a podcast called How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. So Elizabeth Day, basically British woman and interviews and celebrates lots of things that haven't gone right for some really incredible famous people. That's really cool. She had Domenica from Maths on the other day talking about like, like how she's failed and like, and basically what failure has taught them and how they succeed better as a result of failure. So if you need a pump up, if something's gone wrong and you need to be like, oh, I just need to feel like there's something tangible and someone else has gone through the same thing. It's like the motivate yourself from famous failures or celebrity failures or just people in the public eye failures, anyone failures really. Yeah. <laughs> anyone else's failures, yeah. The second resource that we would – was basically two books that Tash and I have separately sort of explored – 
One is Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before by Dr. Julie Smith. And essentially, this is an empathetic and a practical guide to improving your mental health and your well-being. And it gives really efficient, bite-sized, actionable advice for strategies to cope with anxiety, with unexpected setbacks, with lack of confidence. It's basically like a little bite-sized guide for any kind of issue that you might be facing, particularly when it comes to confidence and failures. And then the third, which is my holy grail, you can do two things here. You can watch this for free on Netflix or you can download the audiobook, or you can buy it, but it's called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown and you can always listen to her TED Talks for free. I talk about her a lot in this podcast. She's a, she's a legend. Like I think... Yeah, she's one of those must-haves, must-reads. Exactly. But the best thing about her is that she does talk about shame, vulnerability, and failure linked together and how you actually need imperfection to achieve real engagement, real connection, and real growth, particularly at work. So I think this is really helpful, and I found it really eye-opening because she talks about shame in a light that I hadn't really seen explored before, and she is groundbreaking for this reason. But it's basically talking about how being vulnerable about the things that go wrong, you can adapt it and take it into your life and basically transform your own personal and professional life as a result of that. So, yeah. So free resource on, well, not free, it's like, what, $9.95 a month? What's this, Netflix? If you have Netflix, you can log in with my password. I know. I heard heard that they're actually doing an ads version even cheaper. Would you do that? No, I'm paying for yeah, the same. I watch the ads on YouTube, yeah, but I'm fair. not going to do it on Netflix. It's like a step down. I'm Just willing a to generation forego, of convenience, aren't we? Yeah, I'm willing for, to forego two coffees a month extra I to know. be able to get that. If you think about it like that, it's penny math and it's not great, yeah. but it's, it's part of it. <laughs> Yeah, But, yeah, so there are some free resources, some paid resources. Overall, you can always tune into the webs and we'll come and give you lots yeah. of advice or hit us up on DMs. We will be able to be here to, to help support you and, and answer your questions if you have any on these kind of topics. Absolutely. Any questions, let us know. As I said, like we're here to just talk about it, to tell you about what were our experiences, judgment-free hopefully, <laughs> but we're here either way and we want we've got no judgment from us so send through any questions any stories if you just want to share let us know as i said we're very social people so slide into our dms and if you like this episode please please rate review us subscribe all the stuff I don't really know all of them, but he does. It's true. <laughs> you said perfectly. Don't be like that. It's like after our sixth episode. Subscribe to my channel. <laughs> Literally, please subscribe to our channel. It helps us get exposed to more and more people so we can keep making this show. Hopefully you are all enjoying it. And thank you for your time today. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.